back into my bedroom, started putting my workout gear on. And as I was pulling my sports bra over my head, my left arm felt a little bit weird. And I thought, oh, I've just stood up too fast because sometimes I get a bit of a head rush. And so I thought, oh, I've just stood up too fast, it's fine. So I tried to carry on getting ready. And then it became apparent that my left leg felt a little bit weird as well. So I sat down on the edge of the bed. And I mean, I'm so lucky here because my husband was about five minutes away from going to work. My husband literally rushed over to me, like grabbed me by the shoulders, took one look at my face and just literally just straight away called 999. And he was just like on the phone to them saying, I think my wife's having a stroke, which obviously speaking to my husband after it was like oh I didn't really want to say it but then obviously you know you need to let the paramedics know what they're coming into and stuff and obviously they need to do the tests on the phone my speech was just non-existent really I just couldn't get my words out so yeah it, I think that point where I tried to speak was probably that's when the panic really set in because I was just like I don't know what's happening here like why can't I talk so yeah, I was in a massive panic, which I think probably most people will be able to relate to. My husband wasn't allowed to come with me, which is really, really hard. And I think it was probably even worse for him, having to just kind of wave me off and not knowing what was going to happen to me. You know, I think when you think of a stroke, you know, a lot of the time you do think, oh, well, people do die from them, you know? so. I suppose my husband was probably thinking, am I going to see, see my wife alive again? You know, which I think is really, really difficult. Hello, Mark Goodyear here. Welcome to Stroke Stories. It's the podcast that seeks out and hears from stroke survivors. Today we hear from Anna Kerry from Derby. Anna suffered a stroke at the age of 35. At the time, I worked for Boots Opticians and I still do at the moment. I also, not long before I had the stroke, I'd actually qualified as a yoga teacher as well. So in the August 2020, I qualified as a yoga teacher. So I was teaching part-time as well as working full-time. And yeah, just kind of general life, really. I live with my husband and I've got a brother that I'm really close to that lives up north in Scarborough. Um, so we sometimes go up there to see him and my mum and dad live close to me. So that's really nice. So, yeah, just general family life is just kind of normal. Like I say, I trained to be a yoga teacher. So that's obviously a massive part of my life. So I do before my stroke, I did yoga all the time. It was obviously a big part of my life pre-stroke because the training took up quite a bit of time. So it was, I did a 200 hour training. So that took up a good few weekends before my stroke. One of the other things that I really love doing is reading. I'm a massive bookworm and a bit of a nerd. So I'm a bit of a fantasy geek. So yeah, that's kind of how my life was pre-stroke. So I woke up one morning, 12th of March, 2021. Not that I'll ever forget that date. And I felt absolutely fine. I went to the loo, got up to start work um, because I'd been working from home due to the pandemic. And I got up early to do a workout before I started work. So I came back into my bedroom, started putting my workout gear on. And as I was pulling my sports bra over my head, my left arm felt a little bit weird. And I thought, 
oh, I've just stood up too fast because sometimes I get a bit of a head rush. And so I thought, oh, I've just stood up too fast. It's fine. So I tried to carry on getting ready. And then it became apparent that my left leg felt a little bit weird as well. So I sat down on the edge of the bed. And I mean, I'm so lucky here because my husband was about five minutes away from going to work. But my husband walked past the bedroom. My head was feeling really fuzzy at this point. And I was like, I just said to him, I, I don't feel right. But what came out of, I don't even know if those words came out of my mouth because it was a real struggle to speak and it was really slurred. And my husband literally rushed over to me, like grabbed me by the shoulders, took one look at my face and just literally just straight away called 999. And he was just like on the phone to them saying, I think my wife's having a stroke, which... Obviously, speaking to my husband after, it was like, oh, I didn't really want to say it. But then obviously, you know, you need to let the paramedics know what they're coming into and stuff. And obviously they need to do the tests on the phone. So, yeah, it was a bit of a, it wasn't overly a shock to me when he said it, because honestly, I was fully present and aware of everything that was happening. And I thought exactly the same thing. But I also thought 35-year-olds don't have strokes um, because I had no idea that young people had strokes. I thought, like probably a lot of people, that it was just an old person's thing. So after obviously being on the phone to the emergency services, they, you know, they obviously asked me to do lots of things like lifting my arms and it just, everything just deteriorated really quickly. Like my left arm just wouldn't move at all. My left leg wouldn't move. My speech was just non-existent, really. I just couldn't get my words out. So, yeah, it, I think that point where I tried to speak was probably that's when the panic really set in because I was just like, I don't know what's happening here. Like, why can't I talk? So, yeah, I was in a massive panic, which I think probably most people will be able to relate to. And... In the end, I've, I've, after my husband got off the phone, he got me on, like, I was sat on the edge of our bed, but he got me to lie down while we waited for the paramedics to come. And, you know, they were they came really, really quickly. So I was really lucky in that. And to me, they were just like, okay, well, our philosophy is we'll treat you for the worst, but hope for the best. So we're going to treat you as if you're having a stroke, but you're way too young to be having a stroke. You don't fit any of the criteria because you're fit and healthy, but you know, let's just treat it as if, as if it is. So they did loads of stuff to me whilst I was lying on the bed and then obviously got me into a chair to move me into the ambulance. And even at this point, they were still just like, oh, it might be something different. We don't know, you know, it, it could be a lot of different things. It might not be a stroke, but they did blue light me to the hospital. Unfortunately, this was during COVID times. So my husband wasn't allowed to come with me, which... It's really, really hard. And I think it was probably even worse for him having to just kind of wave me off and not knowing what was going to happen to me. You know, I think when you think of a stroke, you know, a lot of the time you do think, oh, well, people do die from them, you know. So I I suppose my husband was probably thinking, am I going to see, see my wife alive again? You know, which I think is really, really difficult. But yeah, I think, you know, when I got to the hospital... They took me straight through to get swabbed for COVID. And then they took me straight through for a CT scan, which as far as I know, I'm still vague around the details, but as far as I know, they didn't see anything on the CT scan, but they did still admit me onto the stroke ward. And 
I think it was later that day, the doctors kind of came around to do an assessment. And by this time, some of my movements had started to come back. My speech was starting to return to normal. So I was really lucky in that respect that a lot of it was starting to come back and I was starting to be able to move okay. I was just having some really weird sensations down my left side. So yeah, when they came to do an assessment, they they said that they were going to try and push to get me in for an MRI scan that day because unfortunately for me, it was a Friday and I suppose we all know what hospitals are like over the weekend. Like nothing really happens. So I was... If I didn't get the MRI scan that day, it wouldn't be until the Monday. But luckily, they obviously pushed hard for it for me and they got me down for an MRI scan later that afternoon. I suppose the first thing to to maybe say is that when they were doing the assessment on me as well, they basically told me that I had a migraine, which again, I think is very common for, for young people that's had a stroke. So the annoying thing about that is, is that I think you kind of tend to think of doctors as knowing everything. And so I just thought, oh, well, I've had a migraine. I mean, it's a really bad migraine, but okay, that's that's manageable. And that's, you know, we can deal with that. That's okay. And then when they came and told me later on in the day that I'd actually had a stroke, it kind of just felt like the rug had been pulled from underneath me because I don't know. I think I was so expecting them just to say, yeah, no, it's just a migraine and that'd be it, that it was just a real shock. And and again, I suppose with being in the hospital on your own, like when someone tells you that sort of news, all you really want is a hug from someone that you love. And the doctor that was telling me was lovely. She was really, really nice. But just having like a pat on the arm from a doctor doesn't really cut it when you've been told something like that so it was yeah quite upsetting I remember I cried a lot and so much so that I didn't actually take in any information that she told me about the stroke and yeah just basically that they were you know my first question was what how do we stop it from happening again what if it happens again I don't you know because for me I wasn't in any like I was healthy and fit and you know so I was just like we don't know what's caused this so how are we going to stop it happening so it was just a real panic and lots of anxiety and later on in the day another doctor came to see me to talk to me about it and he did say at this point he he said you know we're going to do lots of tests we're going to try and figure this out it was like unfortunately there is still times that we don't figure it out but, you know, we're going to do this and we're going to we're going to try and figure out what's happened and why. And that's when he said to me, it could either be something to do with my blood or it was like, you know, sometimes with younger people that there is a hole in the heart that can lead to having a stroke. So that's like a whole new level of anxiety of having a stroke, then being told that you might have something wrong with your heart as well. It's just, yeah, so that was a little... It's, It was just a really crazy day. Anna was kept in hospital over the weekend. Over those days, there was kind of just some more taking blood and I had some scans done. I had physio come to see me um, to start me doing some physio exercises because my left side, even though the movement had come back, it was still really weak. So I had physio to do. And then on the Monday, they sent me home, which... I suppose you think it like it's something that you really want. You want to be at home. But it was, I suppose, even more like heightened my anxiety because when you're in hospital, you kind of feel like you're in this little bubble. 
and it's kind of like you're safe and protected because you've got nurses and doctors around and then when you come home you're just kind of on your own and I was just yeah I didn't really know what to do it's I, I think you're kind of just left to your own devices you know especially like if you've got your movement back then there's no like rehab or anything like that to go through which is great but then you are kind of just left with how do I deal with this psychologically that I've had a stroke at 35 so I did lots of research um googling um and found obviously uh, the stroke association um and then I found different strokes um which you know both have been a great source of information and yeah so then when I found different strokes I found their um, Facebook group which obviously has lots of people in there for that are of working age and younger which was really nice to be able to kind of put my like put what had happened to me in there and to kind of get some I suppose a little bit of guidance on kind of the next steps and stuff from other people's point of view of what's happened to them and then just some support which was really nice because I think that's something that we all need for recovery but yeah I think over that sort of time I was just really anxious really scared I felt really fragile and vulnerable you know I felt like I suppose as a yoga teacher I kind of felt like I couldn't trust my body it wasn't until I spoke to another yoga teacher that he was like you need to start moving your body as like and using your yoga practice as kind of like a moving meditation as it were um which I started to do and that massively helped but I think maybe a lot of stroke survivors don't think of yoga as being accessible so that's for me it was a massive it's been a massive part of my recovery just because it's yeah it's there's so much more that you can use with it it's not just the movement as well you know there's you can use your breath and everything and that really helped with calming my anxiety so I knew I had all of these tools that I could use and draw on but yeah it's just I suppose when you're going through something like that it's very it's very hard to kind of think that you're going to be okay and you're going to get through it because you're in the midst of it and it's just yeah it's just really difficult coming up anna talks about life after her stroke from the outside it probably probably doesn't look any different because i don't look like i've had a stroke i function really well i work full time so yeah, I think from the outside, people probably think, oh yeah, that's, you know, Anna's recovered. She's she's doing really well. And, you know, I don't want to be that person that keeps being like dragging it down. Oh my God, I've had a stroke type thing. But some days it's just really hard still. You know, I think that recovery isn't linear and, you know, there's always going to be ups and downs. And I think it's still going to be a long process, even though I'm, you know, just over two and a half years down the line. And making sure loved ones take care of themselves. Being kind to themselves and making sure that they get time to have a break as well. Because if their loved one has been badly affected with their mobility and and if they're going to be looking after them and being a full-time carer or anything like that, then they really need to make sure that they're taking care of themselves as well. Because... I suppose it's like what they always say on the aeroplane, like make sure you've fitted your 
your mask first and you know if there's a if there's if it crashes or whatever make sure you've fitted your mask so that you can then help other people doctors were able to find the cause of anna's stroke it turns out i did have a hole in my heart so i had a hole in my heart which was discovered actually not long after i i feel like i was quite lucky that i had a scan in the it was April. It was on my husband's birthday, actually. So really nice way for him to spend his birthday. He was at the hospital with me having a scan of my heart. And even then, the lady who did the scan, she was like, yeah, there's definitely a hole there. And I was like, all right, OK. And I was like, just because I'm curious and nosy, I was like, I don't suppose you can see like what size it is or anything. She was like, oh, it's sizable. And I was like, oh, I don't think I really wanted to know that. But I was like, right, okay, well, I'm on my meds. So that's going to keep me safe until I can get the hole closed. And then I had my surgery last August. So it was quite a wait from finding out in April 2021 to the surgery in August last year. But that kind of I suppose I was building up to that for so long that when the surgery happened and it was done and it's, you know, it, it was done within an hour and I was home the same day, it just all felt really weird that, I don't know, it kind of felt like, oh, what do I do now? I suppose I need to move forward with my life and kind of try and put all of this behind me. But yeah, it, it was a really weird thing after the surgery, but obviously amazing that it's been done and I can kind of move forward now. So life now is different. From the outside, it probably, probably doesn't look any different because I don't look like I've had a stroke. I function really well. I work full time. So yeah, I think from the outside, people probably think, oh yeah, that's, you know, Anna's recovered. She's She's doing really well. And, you know, I don't want to be that person that keeps being like dragging it down. Oh, my God, I've had a stroke type thing. But some days it's just really hard still. You know, I think that recovery isn't linear and, you know, there's always going to be ups and downs. And I think it's still going to be a long process, even though I'm, you know, just over two and a half years down the line. I think that I'm in a good place with everything. And I have, you know, like I, I said, I've got all of the tools and things that I need to be able to help myself psychologically through all of this. And yeah, but it is still, there's still days, you know, where it's difficult. I, I still, I suffer with headaches. I get tired really easily. I think I've got off lightly with the stroke fatigue, but I do still get tired quite easily. But yeah, so I think there is still, you know, there's still some issues there. There's still some things that I still want to speak to my consultant about and get some more answers on and get some more clarity on things. But yeah, I think life is like life is different and I think I'll be forever changed. I don't think it's possible to kind of go back to exactly as you were. It's just my opinion. I just think that you can't go through something like that without it changing you as a person. And that's not to say that that's a bad thing. I think that I'll be really grateful for my stroke for actually making me be kinder to myself. I think I've always been hard on myself, just a bit of a perfectionist. And I think that actually my strokes made me realise just to be a bit kinder to myself and to actually put my health and my well-being first. So yes, it's changed me as a person, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. You know, there's 
obviously it would be nice if I didn't have anxiety and headaches and tiredness but there is things that you still can think about that maybe are a good thing that's happened since your stroke so that's kind of the way I look at it for myself anyway because I think I think there's such an element of oh I just want everything to go back to normal I mean whatever normal is for anyone that yeah I just think that I don't know if it can go back I think you can get it close but I think that there's always going to be something that's a little bit different but like I say I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing you know I've done so much since uh, since I had the stroke there's things that I've done that I you know I never would have done I did the charity abseil for different strokes which I never would have done anything like that had I not had the stroke so there's yeah there's definitely I think positives in it and I always you know whenever it comes around to the year anniversary or the you know the two-year anniversary and obviously this year will be three years I try to celebrate rather than kind of think of oh my gosh this has happened to me you know because I I've always, 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 always said from the beginning, you know, I'm not one of those people to say, oh my God, why has this happened to me? Because, you know, why not me? I'm no more special than anyone else. And these things do happen to people. So, you know, you've just got to kind of deal with the cards that you've been dealt, I suppose. So yeah, I think it's challenging at times and there's definitely a change there, but I feel happy about where my life is going now. And I think I feel happier with myself as a person now as well I feel more I I, I think it's made me realize how much I'm capable of yeah so I think there's there's always a positive to it I think that you could try and find and finally Anna would like to reassure stroke survivors that you will make progress in your recovery but sometimes it can be slow progress the advice I'd give to a stroke survivor is have patience it's a long road um, and it's not going to be straightforward. So definitely patience and be gentle with yourself. Um, and I say this a lot to stroke survivors that I speak to because I think there's a tendency to, to like I say, want everything to go back to normal and want to rush through this. And, you know, and I think that we need to just take a step back and look at what we've done and how far we've come. Um, And I think that as a stroke survivor, if you can look back, instead of comparing yourself to how you were before your stroke, compare yourself to just after your stroke and use that as your new starting point if you want to compare. Because once you start to compare from that point, you realise just how far you've come. So I think it, you know, I, I know People say, like, don't look back and whatever. But I think it's important to on this journey to look back and to reflect and to see how far you've come and what you've done. And, yeah, so just be be kind and gentle to yourself. And I'd say for some advice for carers and loved ones is to talk to someone because I think that I think as carers and loved ones can kind of get neglected around obviously the person that's had the stroke needs the care obviously everyone's asking about them and you know and and rightly so but I think the other person can kind of get a bit neglected so I would say making sure that they're definitely talking and being open and honest about how they're feeling whether that's with their loved one I know that me and my husband both said from the beginning that 
we wanted to be open and honest about everything and really talk things through with each other so that we knew where we kind of where we were with everything so whether that's with your loved one or whether it's with a specialist I would definitely say talking would really help and again being kind to themselves and making sure that they get time to have a break as well because if their loved one has been badly affected with their mobility and and if they're going to be looking after them and being a full-time carer or anything like that then they really need to make sure that they're taking care of themselves as well because I suppose it's like what they always say on the aeroplane like make sure you've fitted your your mask first and you know if there's a if there's if it crashes or whatever make sure you've fitted your mask so that you can then help other people and I think that's exactly what this is like you know you need to make sure that you're looking after yourself and then you can make sure that the person you are looking after is well looked after too so yeah I would definitely say to take care and make sure you're taking time for yourself as well. Anna suffered her stroke during the height of the pandemic and was treated in hospital without her husband by her side. But since her stroke, she's made a strong recovery and is back working full time. Thanks for listening. Please do recommend stroke stories to anybody you think it might help. And if you are or you know a stroke survivor and there's a story you can share, get in touch via Twitter or Instagram. Our DMs are always open. The Stroke Stories podcast was produced by Aidan Judd. I'm Mark Goodyear. Thank you for listening.